So our, our second scripture reading today comes to us from Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. I know it says 1 through 3 on the sheet, but it should be 1 through 8. Um, and so if you can find it in your bulletin, pull it out. Titus 3, verses 1 through 8. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward all men. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Thus ends our reading of God's infallible word. May all who hear it remember how God has rescued them. If you recall what, what Paul wrote, to, wrote in Titus 2, he had, he had encouraged Titus to, to teach what was in accord with sound doctrine. And he began, he began by letting each person understand that they should submit to Christ by deferring to their respective roles, determined by age, gender, and freedom. He then grounded that teaching in the grace of God. Grace was to be their teacher, aiding them in these things. You see, when a, when a person is only given rules, they will never see any real change, at least not inwardly. Grace must, must first work on their hearts in order for them to be made new. However, there is there's a danger to becoming a godly saint. As one sees their life improving, as they see themselves getting holier, per se, they can grow conceited and begin to think that they are better than everyone else around them. Therefore, Paul wanted, wanted Titus to remind the people of how they were to interact with the lost world. What was the, the Christian's obligation when it came to their relationships with those around them with those outside of the faith. In particular, how are they supposed to submit to their worldly authorities? How are they to interact with, with unbelievers who held earthly powers? This was the issue Paul was addressing uh, to Titus in verses 1 through 8. Again, Paul laid these things out similarly to how he did in chapter 2. He, he first gave them the commands... And then he gave them the motivating factors for following such instructions. If we were to outline verses 1 through 8 of chapter 3, it would, it would go as follows. In verses 1 and 2, we, we see instruction 
on how a Christian is to interact with the world, particularly towards the government. In verse 3, we, we see the first theological reason for such behavior. Because these Cretans were once just like the world. In verses 4 through 7, we see the, the second theological reason for this type of conduct. Because God demonstrated his love and kindness towards them. And finally, in verse 8, we see the, the missionary purpose behind such actions. Now, originally I wanted to preach through all eight verses for you today. Um, however, there is just too much here to do it, uh, to do it justice in, one, in just one message. So, so today we're going to go through verses 1 through 3, and next week we will cover verses 4 through 8. That being said, let's, let's dive in. First, how a Christian is to interact with the world. Look at, look at verses 1 and 2 again. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward all men. As a Christian interacts with the world, they are to consider the government under which they live. Paul said that they were to be subject to the rulers and authorities. What this entails for the believer is to participate in the, the laws and regulations that govern society. So if you are an American, you are to be obedient to the authorities in Washington, D.C., those that oversee you. If you live in Michigan, you need to follow your governor and the other elected officials of your state. If you live in Allegan, you need to follow the mayor and so forth. And it goes down to lower levels as well. If, if you're a child, a student in school, you need to follow your teacher's instruction. At home, you need to obey your parents. <coughs> but you may be asking yourself, well, what if the government's laws disagree with God's laws? What if they contradict? And there are times when that is the case. For instance, in, in Acts 4, we, we read of this, the Sanhedrin commanding Peter and John not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Listen to their, their reply, Acts 4, verses 19 and 20. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. These two disciples put, put God's commands over and above the world's. And you should do the same. However, listen to Peter's words in, in 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 15. Uh, the verses we read earlier. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Peter had the same respect for human government that Paul did. 
Now you have to you have to remember that that both Paul and Peter lived under the rule of Nero. And it was during a time when government sanctioned Christian persecution was heavy. And yet they instructed believers to be subject to these earthly authorities. There's a lot of criticism and anti-government rhetoric in our society today. And it comes from both sides of the aisle. It doesn't matter when, if it was Obama who was president or Trump who was president. Uh, it was criticism. It was slander. And, that, and that's what we heard. This should not be the case in the church. It is one thing to talk about the positives and negatives about policies and laws, but, but to slander public officials goes against God's will, and it hurts the Christian witness. That's why in verse, verse 2, Paul said to, to slander no one. Instead, Christians were to be peaceable and considerate, to show true humility toward all men, Peaceable in the, in the sense that they, they were not to resort to violence in order to change political leadership. They were not to take up with rebels, nor were they to brandish the sword in some type of vigilante justice. Consider it in the fact that they should understand the, the, the point of view of those they disagree with. Not that they should come into agreement with them, but they should try to take in the other's perspective. In other words, the, the, the Christians on Crete, on Crete, they needed to realize that the Roman system that they were under was a system driven by the world. They should not expect the government to conform to their Christian standards, for it was not run by Christian men, nor was it, nor was it influenced by Christian teaching. Similarly, you need to be considerate of your government. Crete was in the heart of a pagan society, and America is no different. Now, I'm not saying that you should never vote your conscience. What I am saying is that, is that you shouldn't expect the government to fall in line with the teachings of the church. <coughs> and lastly, Paul <coughs> instructed these Cretans to demonstrate humility to all men. Humility requires a, a true understanding of one's own flaws. They needed to realize that they were not perfect. And because of that, they too were susceptible to being wrong. So in humility, they should submit to the rulers and authorities. Paul then drove these points home in verse 3. At one time... We too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Why do Christians slander? Why are they argumentative instead of peaceful? Why are they inconsiderate to those who do not yet know Christ? Why do they put themselves first instead of showing humility? Why do they wish to change their government into a Christian nation 
Unfortunately, this is the type of conduct that, that we see all too often within the church. Behavior opposite of what Paul just instructed. Instead of submitting to rulers and authorities, we want to fight. And whom do we attack? Non-believers. You see, this, this is the danger of becoming a godly people. It's, it's easy to forget from where that godliness came from. And because of that, expectations of submitting to a holy life get placed on those who are still under the yoke of slavery. As a Christian, you take upon a certain moral standard and suddenly you expect the whole world to follow suit. Paul was, was calling on these Cretans to remember where they had come from. For before Christ, they were just like the people that they were slandering. And the same goes for each and every one of you. You too must remember from where you came. Let's, let's look closer at Paul's list in verse 3. First, they were once foolish. By nature, you too were once foolish. You were, you were, you were still in step with, with the wisdom of the world, which is foolishness to God. Two, disobedient. Likewise, you used to hate authority. You didn't listen to your parents. You didn't listen to your teachers. You didn't listen to your rulers. And you didn't listen to God. Part of that was because of your own heart. And part of that was because you were deceived. You didn't understand reality. You, you thought you were living in freedom when in actually... When in actuality, you were living as slaves. You were lied to about God, and you were lied to about yourself. Therefore, you were enslaved to all the passions and pleasures of this world. You did whatever you thought felt good. You were controlled by your sinful desires, and not by what is godly. And so you lived in malice and envy. The, the, the Greek word for, for malice is kakia, which, which means evil or wickedness. And in certain connotations, takes on the definition of spite. Given that it's, that it's paired with envy, I, I think spite is a good fit here. Spite and envy are, are, are ways of looking with evil upon another person because of what they have. It's the story of Cain and Abel. Cain had malice towards his brother because he envied God's favor. And finally, because of such malice and envy, you ended up hating one another. You were loathed by other people, so in return, you loathed them back. This is how you once were. And this is how the world is. Paul was reminding the Christians on Crete of where they had come from as a way of, as a way of humbling them in order that they, that they might be peaceable and considerate towards, towards those who are currently in that condition. 
in the condition that they once were. Not much has changed in the past 2,000 years. The, the church still has a mandate to fulfill. You are to go into all the world and you are to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And you are to teach them everything that Jesus has commanded you. But this mandate cannot be fulfilled if the church is bogged down trying to place a Christian standard through the means of government on those who do not yet know Christ. Listen, you, you can argue all day long, and you, and you might even win the fight, but you're going to lose the war. If you are not peaceful or considerate or showing true humility towards your neighbor, then you are hurting the witness of the church. Suppose you get your political agenda passed. What then? You haven't changed a single heart. No one is coming to faith in Christ because, they, because of a new law. And salvation is brought to, to zero people when the Supreme Court makes a ruling. This is not how God works. No. God works in the ways we read about in verses 1 and 2. Because that is how Jesus worked when he brought his salvation to you. Christ subjected himself to the authority of the Father. He was obedient by becoming a man, ready to do whatever was good. He slandered no one, but he gave to men respect due as image bearers of God. He was peaceable, peaceable, not taking up arms against the government. Rather, he was considerate, taking pity upon them, for they were sheep without a shepherd. And finally, he showed true humility toward all men when he went to the cross. You, you see, it was, it was there that, that he died for the sins of the foolish. He took, he took upon himself the, the punishment for the disobedience, even though he had fully obeyed. He brought truth to those who, who have been, de been deceived. And he gave freedom to those that were enslaved by the passions and pleasures of this world. He showed kindness to those who lived in malice. And he gave sacrificially to those who were envious. And finally, he demonstrated his love to all who were hated and all who were hating one another. Dear friends, Christ did all of this for a world that despised him. And he did all of this for you as well. And now he asks for you to do the same. Let us pray. Father, we confess that, that we are not like your son. We, we don't show the humility and, and consideration to a world that disagrees with us. Instead of seeing people as lost souls, we, we view them as enemies. That's because we are so full of pride. Change our hearts. Form us into, into the image of your Son, who, who demonstrated the, the ultimate form of humiliation when he died on the cross 
for our sins. By your Holy Spirit, re remind us of, of whom we once were. Give to us grateful hearts so that, that we may love our neighbors. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.